Welcome to Miami. Bienvenidos a Miami. You're now listening to MIA Radio. Who put this thing together? DJ Kev, DJ Zayas. Let me holler at my real Miami motherfuckers. Yeah. Yeah, what, what up, up yo? Yo, this is that Miami Radio shit? Yo, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. What? We had to download this shit on iTunes and all that? that Zaya Kaz mix? Yo, you think this shit's on the hard copy? Yo, let me get a CD of this shit, yo. Let's pop this. Better be good, though. Let's go. It should be good. You already Zaya know. Kaz Real Miami. Miami shit. You know? Dolly. Yo, yo, yo. It's MIA Radio. Hey, what's good? What's good? We're it's back. Episode... 89. 89. Yeah, 89. In the new studio. New studio alert. We just moved. We here finally. I mean, kind of set up. Kind of. We're in transition right now, but a lot, a lot of cables, a lot of there's a lot of shit going on. But we were lucky enough to have a special guest, our first guest in the new studio. Yes. We welcome Sack Noel. How's it going, brother? Hello. Well, how good. are you guys? <laughs> I'm very fine. Thanks for having me. I'm honored to be the first one to ever sit in this chair. <laughs> <laughs> Of course, yeah. man. Yeah, I mean, uh, I'm g- glad we got to have you in the studio. I know it was like kind of last minute, but like, you know, that's when, the best one. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's crazy because we were talking when, you know, when they hit us up, like, yo, that's crazy because we've been playing your music for a long time. Right. But like, yeah. we, like we, never, we never really knew you. At least I didn't really know who you were. I just knew you were a dope DJ producer. So it's dope to have you in here and, and, you know, get to know your story. Thank you, guys. No, I appreciate that. And yeah man it's been a weird year uh so i was in miami obviously and um you guys just uh through a friend uh we just made this happen i'm really glad that you know i'm able to explain myself a little bit more for the miami audience right yes, always yes. good for sure so i mean uh we just kind of want to get started and see how how you got your start in djing producing all, all that stuff well, it was kind of by accident because uh, when I was a little kid, I used to do a lot of stuff that was creative. You'd say I was, I was, I would love to write stories. I would love to draw pictures. Uh, well, not not pictures. I wasn't that good. Like you know, my 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 stuff. Uh, and uh, one day I was like, what else can I do? <laughs> because you know, I was curious, and I found a a, com- a computer program that would would allow me to make music. Um, it's called uh it was called uh, a tracker it's not even like ableton or anything right. like it was like a proto uh, dao something like from another time and um i started making music music with it and i started to just show my music to my friends and the people at my high school and they were like "Shit, that's that's actually good right and um i was getting attention and love so i was like oh maybe i should keep doing that and uh, i kept doing it kept doing it until i reached a point i was like doing it professionally and um that just that just the way it goes you know you start doing something enough time and getting the good feedback and you eventually get good at it did you have any musical background or you just started programming no i think my my grandfather my my grandfather or something like my great great grandfather he used to play the trumpet Mm. which is cool because i made a song (laughs) right (laughs) Right. but but uh, i do have a trumpet from him at my house it's like an old uh, metal trumpet i don't even know the name of that but but yeah he used to play that instrument so that but that's the only that's thing the only thing yeah and did you um was djing like a thing that came right away or was it music was it production and djing was it first first it was production because i was very young and uh i couldn't get into a club to right. actually dj uh so i started making like uh music for like the local radio stations and stuff like that and i caught the attention of people that had a club and they told me if i wanted to play um there but i was 16 16 year old um so in spain that's the uh, minimum age that's legally accepted to be in a club and i said yeah but i was still at high school right. so i did like maybe one night a month was 16 up like you can be in 16 up yeah wow yeah that's crazy <laughs> yeah it's way it's way different right but wow. but yeah i was there like i was playing music for people that was like way older than me but but uh, that's how i got started like uh, as a dj I, ne- I never really trained at my house I-, I started my dj career actually playing for people from the get-go wow. but that was something you always wanted to do because you were making music or it was just like a natural like it was something that they offered to me i didn't uh. even think about it i was like okay that's cool let's try it and then i saw that through djing i could get feedback right and put that feedback back into my songs 
and that made sense and i kept doing it too and what um what kind of music what, what were like the genres or like what like what were you making that 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 got that got you popping and i like, got their interest what uh it? it was mainly trans trans music or rave music right uh 150 bpm 140 bpm Jesus. yeah at the time <laughs> i was a big fan of tiesto right and uh, and i was a big fan of a german group called scooter okay and they made they were making rave music uh uh that's what i was influenced by so that was the music i was making i yeah. didn't have any clue about latin music because people think in spain right. we're like all latinos right, and, right, you know what right, i mean right. but it really is an european country at the end of the day and i was born in barcelona which is even more european than the rest of spain yeah. so it's kind of cold and there's no latin music made there just a few big artists that people know but the rest is very um it can vary like yeah. you can have people making rock people making dance people making jazz or tech house it has a really like there's a variety of styles so what was like the main music played in the clubs back then like it trance, was techno. yeah it was house techno trance uh and then spain north uh east of spain had a very interesting scene it was uh, they kind of like mix rave music with super up tempo dance music and they created a style called machina which mm. is it's it, it translate as machine the machine in, yeah um and it would just be like it, it would have like different um clubs like colossal clubs that would play this kind of music like they would feed like ten thousand people wow. and they were always full and the dishes that play the music they were they were having like superstar status before instagram before right, right. twitter i was too young i wouldn't get to it but i know the stories um so that scene was like something that if i if it had happened right now with all the technology that would probably extend it to other countries it was very localized and it died there because you know people were like overdosing and shit like that yeah. because it was i mean at that time you have to understand that people were, were, were driving drunk uh, at different times spain had like 40 years of dictatorship and that was like maybe 10 years after the dictator died so people were like shit yeah, <laughs> i'm just gonna wow. party balls deep. you know balls what I mean? deep, yeah so when did you when when you were in those clubs and stuff when did you like start to take the career seriously like well i was never in those clubs because i was too young okay. uh but uh, that music still still made it past those clubs uh and that influenced my music but when i was playing at the clubs it was kind of normal situation like same what you could find in miami right now or just people having a good time and 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 uh, obviously there were more um control police controls people weren't you know getting drunk and driving at least not the amount of people that were doing it before so it was more like a normal situation i never got to experience the wildness uh, of that of that era you, you can't i mean but but it was an influence you said like yeah it was an influence yeah i mean that's that's kind of how it was here i would say with the kind of like early 2000s in the the club scene here in Miami that's when like bottle service really kind of like blew up and I wasn't here and you know he was he was young and that's the the, the what kind of set the foundation for for what's known of like the Miami nightlife so it's, yeah. it's it's such a staple you know and it's like it's certain music and certain things about it that have influenced you know all of us here so and, and that's the thing like now I'm like thinking if I was like 16 well or in this country 18 21 and you're you're having like your your club years are going to be um during the pandemic right yeah. so you're not going to experience anything like this yeah you know what i mean what i experienced like it wasn't as wild that, as you know like late 90s 90s in spain but still uh what i'm saying is this these kids like what music or what experience or like are they going to be like late blooming like you know right. what i mean they're going to club when they're like 25 or like right. what's the that has never happened before yeah i don't think i feel like especially after this like the whole rave like just large packed parties like that might take a while to come back so like that experience they might miss out on those like those intense like raves where everyone's just sweating i know they, they they're partying at home but it's not the same nah, no it's a whole different environment like it's it's just different i mean it's you don't the thing about the rave is the music, the people, like the energy of, of having so many people together. That's what kind of like hit, you know, so hard about raves. But now it's everything's going to change in, in, in that sense. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> so when you were coming up in the club scene, I mean, was there like how is 
how do you come up in the club scene in Spain? Like, because I know here we kind of had, you know, you you pay your dues, you know, you do opening gigs, you do that. But how how would oh, you? Oh no, in Spain you, it's it's very territorial. Uh, yeah, you don't get that. Uh, it was this guy is the resident, and until he retires, no one else is gonna take <laughs> his no favors. Yes. No favors, nothing. Uh, gatekeepers, gatekeepers, gatekeepers yeah. like. Yeah, it's just and you were the young and coming. Uh, yeah, so my DJ career in Spain was uh, very unsuccessful. I I just played five years or three or four. I don't know, maybe five years at the same club, and then I um, I stepped out of this club and started to take gigs like as a guest DJ because I had a group and we were three three. Uh, there was another DJ and a singer, so we we're doing that kind of like scooter vibe and i was going doing different gigs but um not really like maybe one one a month or something like that and then I, f I that gave me time to focus actually on my music and then it's when i actually started to make like uh club anthems for different clubs so i got you know um more eyes on me and then i made local people and i started uh, touring internationally so my time in spain was was over so when did you say like on your head start focusing like yeah like what make music like like was there a moment where you were like all right like i gotta like i gotta like get serious or i gotta like you know it's cool i'm djing but like you know like you said focus more on production like was there anything like memorable that was like you yeah know? yeah what well, it was when when i was i was at uh i was in college and i quit college i was yeah. i was studying journalism and i said that i don't like this uh and i just quit and i said okay now i i just have to do something right to yeah. earn money or um have an uh, income source so i started to make productions for clubs and taking dj gigs with my group until i was uh, able to survive of that yeah uh, i mean you know the rent in spain at the time was like 200 euros so i mean it wasn't that difficult yeah. to survive um so yeah i did that and then you know after one or Two years of doing this, I, I, I uh, started using my name as a solo artist, as Zach Noel, and then I just made local people and everything changed in a couple of months, I would say. So it was fast. So, I mean, you mentioned uh, local people. So kind of talk about how that record changed your career, because I mean, I forget how big it was. Like that was like our go to yeah. like it was it was prime time. Yeah, it was it was our it was in our bag it was in our in our in our home run bag like you know like the cheat code like this song <laughs> is gonna work like when you felt that you weren't hitting it when you felt like oh you know i played with this whatever and it's but you're like you know what, let me bring it back like look at people was it like it was yeah. a song that just instantly people wouldn't hear it and then just like the energy will come and that up. was almost starting to be or if not in the height of edm so like yes. for that to like really stand out was like it wasn't easy because I mean, every week there was like five songs that sounded the same. Right, it coming was in out the, boom, the very boom. beginning of EDM. Yeah, yeah, yeah it, it 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 was it was kind of in its own lane because it was it had that party format of like the girl singing and like like very just like fun, you know, and 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 that energy worked so good with everything. And then when the beat hit, people just reacted like it was. Yeah, it was kind of crazy. I mean, I did that song May two thousand and ten. And then I made the video September 2010 and I uploaded it on my YouTube channel November 2010. And two weeks later, no kidding, I was already getting uh, booking offers from different countries. And wow. I thought those were jokes because I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> and I told the story and that's true that my first gig internationally came from a country that na that's name its name is Albania. Uh, it's in the Balkans. Right. And it was a club. It was like, what the fuck is this? And uh, I didn't even know. Like, they were asking me to play, go play. And we were fine. Yeah. I thought that was a joke. So how much do you want? I get paid. I'm like, I don't know. 500 euros. It's, I mean, I was getting much less in Spain. So I assumed something. Right. And they said, yeah, it's obviously that that was really low. Right. Yeah. But I didn't know that. So I accepted that money. Uh, and um, they flew me over there. And I played at this club. And that club was like a beach club. And I was kind of interesting because you know the the rest of the, the road to the club was no asphalt like it wasn't paved uh you could see like poor people and um but the club was full of you know people with money and right. cars parked outside like how the, the cars got there they, yeah. the, there's no road yeah, that's how it is in, in nicaragua like in nicaragua is the same shit like they'll do these parties in the middle of nowhere and you're like 
going through these dirt roads and like you see like the cows like you know like on the way there you're just questioning you're just like like, where am i I going and then you get there and it's like paradise yeah you could see like you know this old woman with the babushka and then the club is like fucking popping bottles and and and, you know versace and all that and like it's like maybe i should have asked for more money (laughs) (laughs) and they knew you were the guy that made loca people or just the club that booked you knew uh or they were promoting you as no like, no they they were promoting the song of me like okay, you know okay. and th- that was the first one i did uh because of the success of the song uh and that was crazy like what that was like then i, I realized no man i i need to s- sit down and take this you know different because uh you know then other offers started to come and i started to uh, tour more more often and getting used to it and that that was everything everything happened in the span of like six seven months and then obviously uh, my career took off internationally and I wasn't even playing in Spain anymore. And you did that that song all independently. You dropped yep. the song and you did the video yourself. Yeah, I dropped it. <laughs> funny story. I dropped it for free. Yeah. Wow. I mean, I wasn't even... That wasn't even for sale. But you just knew that like, you felt that song was... I just, I just liked it and I, I said, okay, I'm going to put it out and put it out, meaning uploading on, on YouTube. And... And, and you pay it. for the video and all that the video cost me no no money because it was done by my i had a camera and i did it with my camera uh, and uh, i think i paid a hundred dollars uh for the actress and the, the, she came there and basically spent an afternoon and that's it i did the editing crazy. myself and you edited you the video is not even hd because the camera didn't have hd and when when <laughs> the when the when the labels asked me like can you send can you send the the hd the right? hd i just scaled it Oh. like a fucking bro <laughs> i just scaled <laughs> the video but, yo that goes to show like sometimes Whatever. people like focus so much on like the exterior things or like yo i need the cameraman i need the lights i need the money i need this but like yo if it's like hot enough yeah. and you believe in it yeah. you could pull it off sure. yourself no the good thing is the camera is it was a good camera it was the i don't know the brand but it was uh it was a camera that was used to make movies but it was 720p that's the max mm. resolution it has and what we're using to edit uh uh adult premiere okay um illegal we <laughs> <laughs> gotta get the crack version uh no i always like to uh pay for the software that i actually use yeah. right uh and uh, and there's a lot of free software you can use too so there's no need to go pirate. Yeah, yeah so once that came on your career took off did you get any offers like from management or agents or people like trying to yeah i you? got i got some um uh, the song was licensed to spinning records uh to ultra music here in the states uh universal music in all the countries and different labels across europe uh i didn't even know what licensing meant but i got i got in in touch with a company in spain that got the song and moved it for me and thank god it was them and not other people because they are uh to say that they're maybe not the best in terms of because they, they're a publishing company actually but but they are not the kind of people that screw you around in mm. that sense so they made a more or less fair de- fair deal to me uh so it was it was good but i could have gone through i don't know someone that said to me okay we're gonna do this and that and just screw never got paid uh well there's one thing that i never got paid for is with all the youtube money oh that's uh, right because this label in spain lies because they were they're a publishing company right so they didn't have a label properly so they licensed the song to others another spanish label in spain uh and for some reason that wasn't sta- stated in the contract because it was very early uh it was 2010 youtube it's maybe yeah they didn't even know i don't know it wasn't really clear on the contract so basically they skipped that part and i never got the money from youtube uh at least from from the countries that the, that the Spanish label had, uh, but well, that's a mistake that I never made again. Right, and it's I mean we were just reading Kanye's tweets like the contracts, how important. Yeah, I start I start reading them, see uh, what's what. Uh, but obviously, this situation with Kanye, I mean, I don't know how this is gonna play out. So but crazy. These contracts, shit, like I understand his. Mm, thought process but i hope it it works because what he's trying to achieve is basically um start a rebellion mm. 
you know, music's against labels. And labels are fucked up in so many ways, but we need some kind of structure. Right. Yeah. You know, it's like these guys say, defund the police. Okay, well, what else is yeah, going to be there? You know what yeah. I mean? You cannot say, I'm just destroy something and, right, and then have, okay, you know, have a, a backup plan. Rebuild. Yeah. And at the end of the day, I think labels, I mean, although some can be like maybe misguided or whatever, but like they're just trying to cover their ass and make the most out of their investment which is you as an artist so like you got to kind of go knowing in going in knowing that like you know they might be a little suspect shit because they, they want to make the most money out of you it's just like you want to make the most money out of them and but, but the main problem with labels is not even that they take too much money and all this that you can really negotiate at the end of the day is the the power they hold because of the relationships they have right. but this gonna happen with every structure that you put there so Let's say I know you, right? And you now are a ex label executive. And I come to you with a project and he comes with you with a project, but you don't know him and you know me. You know what I mean? You're going to favor me because of the relationship. Of course. Like it or not, that's how the world works. And even if you have some other structure, you cannot erase that. This no. is how people is going to proceed, even with another structure. So... The question should be how you can make a, a system where it's fair to showcase your music um, and not depend on relationships. Because Spotify uh, is kind of crazy. If you know someone there, like you can you can get placed in a like super cool right. playlist and get millions of plays, and your song sucks anyway. Right. It doesn't mean your song is a hit because it might not be a hit, but it got numbers because it just it got uh, millions of people listening to it at least one time. You know what I mean? So this is something uh, it's even worse than radio stations because radio stations, what they did is like, okay, I'm going to play this song, but if it doesn't react, I'm just going to pull it out. Spotify is like, you're going to stay there for three weeks. You know what I mean? Yeah. But you already got like millions, millions of views. So um, that that is the system that for me is the the, the problem. The, the, Instead, there are other social media like YouTube where you can have your own channel and it's more uh, artist-based and you don't depend on labels that much. And you're on YouTube from the get, like early on. Yeah, and I love YouTube for that. I mean, it has it, its flaws, obviously, but the fact that you can control whatever you want to, you know, put there and, and, and it lets you interact with the fans and say, I have a new song, that's the new one, the one that you want to promote. On Spotify, you have the, the 10 popular songs that maybe you know they picked that for you and it's kind of complicated and it's messy and the playlist game is kind of corrupt at this point so i don't like it at all but we we can have a new system tomorrow so there's a fight to be fought but we need to make sure that we we fight the right battles right you know what i mean so after uh loca people you started djing more right because they were booking you obviously yeah, because yeah. of the song uh and then did you ever like come to a point where you were like okay i need to get back to the music or you just oh yeah, yeah i burnt out <laughs> massively i burnt out massively uh, around 2012 because you weren't used to djing that much yeah, traveling yeah, yeah. that much and then yeah, the lifestyle the lifestyle gets to you so yeah that's the problem like just what i said with the system in the music business that my system sucked in the beginning uh, <laughs> because i was playing maybe in dubai one day and then in uh vancouver next day instead of you know yeah, doing something logical and then i then i had to stop and, and make a plan and so i stopped and i made a plan for my music for my gigs for everything that i wanted to do moving forward i needed like a proper team and that's mm. when savi started to come in because he's part of the team right now okay. and we make music together and um so funny that he's my neighbor in spain mm. uh and he's my neighbor too now in la too but <laughs> but the thing is that I needed to find the right people to to move my product forward right and when i was by myself in the beginning it was kind of crazy uh, the the things that I, I was doing yeah it's hard when you try to do something all by yourself i mean you no, were making definitely. a video editing doing all that yeah i love that but at some point it's just uh yeah because you hit a ceiling you can't yeah, yeah, yeah. it's and you, you cabin and i mean having other ears other eyes makes everything always like you know you step back and you see the whole picture so. yeah you always need a team that's the most important thing you need in the music business so once you you burnt out and then you got back in focused in the game and then you made well i mean not that easy but you you had another hit a couple years later trumpets yeah which you were just talking about that's when we made trumpets 
which that that was like my opening like that was another like when if i got the chance to headline that was like my all right i'm gonna start with trumpets because like the beginning was so like epic and like and everything and you could always go to hip-hop you can go you could go so many ways with it and starting with that record and i was gonna i was gonna ask what um what kind of shifted you to 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 more on the moomba side you know you had you know loga people you had um uh paso uh, yeah, yeah, I had this this no boyfriend who was kind of successful. Yeah, yeah. So what what kind of changes from like the up tempo? Was it just because the music was changing too, or no? We we did that before the music actually went down tempo. Yeah, because you were one of the first. I was gonna say you were. I mean, you in when the Moomba started to hit when when EDM when the up tempo stuff was already kind of going out. You're already putting out Moomba stuff like. Yeah, I had a lot of demos of Moomba on in my in my computer. It, as far as uh, back as uh, 2010 but right. i didn't have the balls to put them out that's the problem because yeah. um, i thought my product was more up tempo and i was like i like this but i don't know i i, I don't know and i thought like if, if i ever do that it has to be something that really hits because otherwise it's gonna be a misstep you yeah. know so uh when salvi and i came out with with uh with the trumpets melody and the the basics of the song and i was like that that might work you know what i mean and then we got sean paul and the product was just perfect for, for yeah. the and then we took the risk we did it and it paid off but but you know the idea was there uh because after you know i started traveling with local people i wanted to explore this side of myself because as a as a latin artist you know this this kind of beat is the one that is actually natural to you yeah uh also my my father is from pakistan so that that, that also is part of you know that beat is also like the music they have there but i was in the beginning i was influenced by the europeans that's why i made local people that way mm -hmm. but i wanted to do that it's just like eh, i don't know and but then we had the product and and uh, it was just crazy to see the reaction and 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 it opened a new door for me so now i could do up tempo and down tempo and people right. would still be like okay that's cool did right. you think that you were getting kind of almost stuck in that EDM world and you were like, I want to get out, but you were yeah. hesitant because then maybe the EDM world wouldn't love you as much for like... Well, EDM lo will never love me. <laughs> right. I mean, <laughs> so, I mean, it doesn't really exist. I never anymore. consider myself an EDM DJ in the sense like you see Martin Garrix or, right. or Afrojack and all these people. Uh, I made a song with Kashmir this year and that's the most EDM I made in my mm -hmm. career. But um, but I was never doing those gigs. I was I was doing my own stuff. Uh, sometimes they did. I did play in, in clubs that they would play, but right. I was sold differently. That's uh, good though, because I mean, at, at the time there was a lot of guys that were just like trying to ride the EDM wave, and then since they were just in that like one thing that was happening at the, I guess you say a fad or whatever, they kind of fizzled out because they never had their own image or their own yeah, like personality their own yeah, that, sound so then once that whole thing phased out those guys the, the problem with edm is that created a bunch of superstars like diplo aoki geta couple more and the mid class really not much and then the like the you know the, the third tier the lower tier the, the third yeah there's, there's no one that's there like yeah. it, it just but it, it was crazy because i remember like even towards the end because i was living in vegas and i would see these guys playing and, and i don't even remember their names right now but like they were, had these contracts and then i would go here and play and i was like bro i had to leave and then like now you don't even see them and it's like i think it's better to be an open format dj right now that like a two uh, third lane um tire uh, edm yeah for sure. because you can you can service you can service more um of a wider audience than than them because the only reason of their existence is that either they can do like a solo gig and sell out or play at a festival that's it and i respect the the art of that like hey i want to communicate my stuff as a dj and and my music but it as a business it's really difficult to to actually um fill up uh, a venue of 500 per persons and sell all the tickets even for like a second tier uh edm dj yeah. instead if you know how to play different kinds of music and have a brand at the same time you probably will have more longevity than any of those 
Yeah, I feel like at that, that time it was hard to sustain. It was just like lightning in a bottle and everyone was cashing in and then... Like, no, man, it's just... It was a kind of trap for a lot of kids and yeah. it's unfortunate. Like I saw that in Spain, a lot, of, a lot of promising kids that started to get signed and everything. Now they're just, they're just not doing it in, anymore because they were contracted because they knew how to put like a, a kick and a base right and made a make a drop which is the most easiest thing that you can imagine yeah. like it's no difficulty on that but then make a song or, or like a pop song or something that you know the real producer has the context you know yeah. what i mean uh, that's when 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 you see that the, the edm was kind of like a, just a moment in time so how do you think you've been able to like kind of withstand all these like changes in the music scene and like have such a long lasting career because there's been peaks and valleys but yeah, you... yeah obviously well staying calm right <laughs> and not going crazy with the the trends so analyzing everything really reading a lot of stuff talking with a lot of people and basically moving from spain to la that that helps too obviously um but you're having perspective and say okay um uh, now that everyone you know is riding this wave uh i want to start building what could be my career in two or three years i always think like two two or three years ahead because that's when 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 the results pay off like if i make a song right now for example the song we have with salvi right now is tokame that's really doing well that's going to pay off next year it was going to pay off next year even with the COVID. right but you know what i mean it takes time for the people to find the song and um and then to learn the song and fall in love with it and as a dj to monetize on on it um by doing bookings right so it's it's a process and i don't like when when, when labels say to me like hey we're gonna do a release date and we're gonna put a lot of promo on the release date and i'm like no no no, don't do that just put promo but just spread it out because i right. like people when they find the song not when it's forced because they'll 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 keep listening more if they just find it by themselves. I always say like even even like trumpets with Sean Paul, uh, Sean Paul uh, did a great job and made the song super good. But if Sean Paul had done a bad job and the song was bad, having Sean Paul would not guarantee that the song would be a success. It would just guarantee that the song will have like maybe like one or two million views because of his brand right. and die there. So you need to make a good product anyway. Yeah, to have longevity. To have, yeah, that's so very you important. you got to have a lot of patience, is what you're saying. Patience uh, and not going crazy. Like I've seen many people go crazy and being emotional. It's being emotional about your career is bad. Yeah. <laughs> Again, Kanye can is being emotional right now. But you know what I mean? You have to sit down and, and, and think. That's the most important part. Yeah, because everyone that you're dealing with most of the time is thinking business and like they're not thinking about like, oh, but we're going to hurt his feelings and this and that. They're just thinking yeah, bottom line. The pocket. I mean, that's, yeah. that's so yeah. you can't always take it personal. Like, oh, they don't like my music. It's like, no, nah, maybe yeah, right no, now. A, a lot of people take it personal. Yeah. And um, I work with Matt Deason a lot and I remember sending them a lot of demos and they always said no. But um, am I mad at them? No, because I say no to many people right now because they send me demos too. And right. I'm like, I have my reasons. And yeah. I'm like, if I say yes and I promote your song, you will be losing your song and I'll be losing my time because I don't believe I can work it. Yeah. Yeah. If I can work something, I'll say yes, let's do it, let's try it. But, but yeah. let's be honest, I'm not going to sign a, a song because uh, just because, you know what I mean? Right. I need, I need, so they, do, they, they were doing that to me, so but that's nothing to be afraid of or, or take it personally oh i'm a bad i'm a bad artist because they said it's bad no 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 no. it's not good for them for whatever no. reason no. but you have a song with them now right yeah yeah and that's another anecdote i remember we sent uh we sent trumpets to uh spinning records uh, four or five times uh, because they are good in in their territories and right. good label i'm like okay that might work and they never replied and and we ended up doing uh, trumpets with another label in, in the Netherlands. And um, um, the song went number one there. And I remember like getting an email from uh, Elk, Elko, I think he was the president at the time, um, apologizing to us, not apologizing, but said I made a mistake on this song, you know. Wow. And that was the best email I ever got. Yeah, that because nice. That's crazy. You was, didn't have to do that. You didn't have to do it. And it was honest. And it showed like, hey, it doesn't mean anything yeah it doesn't mean anything 
like he was able to admit that this that he yeah. missed out on the song and but probably back then you were like oh this guy didn't even well they it. never even replied so right. i was like so sometimes it's just maybe the wrong person got it maybe whatever or you know what i mean or they listen to it or i don't know maybe some sometimes someone sends me a demo and i'm like in a hurry and i listen to it that's a mistake because it should be focused yeah so a lot of things can can happen so when when they say no to you it's basically nothing it doesn't try mean anything again. try again or, or whatever keep trying yeah, or, yeah, yeah i mean just yeah it's 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 it might not be for that, you know, and it, it could be, be it could be something else. There's yeah, so many yeah. other factors. So, so that Togame song is on out with Matt Decent right now, or yeah, is we 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 released it on Marathon and DGC the first, and now we signed it to Matt Decent. They're gonna do the heavy, um, the heavy work on it because we as independent, uh, they are independent too, but they have more resources than, right. than we do. So basically, we uh, we were gonna we gonna we partner with them, and, and they have. Uh, a vast network of people that can help dj city has a, rec a record yeah, label yeah. i didn't know that mm -hmm. that's dope yeah 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 so they get uh, all their music's on the record pool obviously yeah <laughs> <laughs> right so yeah i don't think that's an issue no. <laughs> yeah at all right but that song uh that song is kind of different too than anything that's i always say like this song is if if local people and trumpets had a song that would be tokame uh, because tokame is going back to the up tempo right but with everything we learn from the down tempo right right and that can uh, that that's what made the song different because it's not just a, a, a house song it has some elements that you would never find in a up-tempo song so that that makes it and what was what was the influence uh from the song like how did it come about what it has a little like, bit of everything how did yeah like what led you to be all right you know let me <laughs> combine these things or like what what was like all right you know what well what last made? year we salvi and i we had a discussion uh about we're getting a, a bit bored of doing mumbaton uh, and reggaeton and all that. Uh, it's cool, but but it was kind of repetitive. And we were like, let's try to do up tempo again, and 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 see what happens. And so um, our friend Franklin Dam, he had made a, a remix of trumpets, uh, up tempo remix, um, and he had an interesting beat. And Salvi saw that and he said to me, we should take that beat out of the remix and start something new with it and we just did that and added, added the guitar on, on that on that beat so it, it was kind of like a process of decision and then a bunch of you know different things happened that just made sense and you could you could call them accidents if you want but i would say it's most consequences of the decisions and then the, the song just happened but it wasn't like you guys weren't like all right we're gonna sit down and make this time no never you never yeah. do that that's right. impossible it never it never happens if some way. if you know someone that does it <laughs> just let me know yeah you yeah. i mean if you sit down trying to make something it never comes out like nah you can we just said like we should try to make like you know up tempo because we're getting stuck uh and then it was like our brains were like racing because oh it's a new lane there's no one here yeah. that just when you make music or are you do you make it with the intention of like oh artists to jump on or are you just like no, 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 no just when it's for ourselves we just do stuff for fun if i have to do a project where i know it's for someone else then yes obviously we have this in mind and, and we create the beat for that but normally it's just fun have you ever like turned someone down that like heard a record and was like oh let me get on that and you're like nah. no not really oh and i always get vocals i always try to make them work uh even if they're like not what i expected because the the thing is that normally the singer has an idea that you didn't have but you can still make it work you can still put the both both ideas together you just need to find a narrative you need to find a way that the people would understand it that it's not two ideas fighting it's two ideas complementing each other that's narrative. the that's the key it takes sometimes it takes a lot of time and sometimes it just happens that's cool is there any artist that you would want to work with oh like yeah 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 uh whew, jason derulo uh who else um i know it's I know, maybe not uh <laughs> but i would love to work with florida because i have a beat that's perfect for him and uh i kind of like want to do it and um but basically i'm very um, glad that i was able to work with sean paul lil john right and uh people because for me it is like three of the main the main ones you know what i mean the ones oh, yeah. that actually and that have, have made, long careers have long careers and have made 
music move forward and they will they will be in the history books yeah for sure yeah it's crazy that like a lot of people sometimes don't give them the credit but like those three names that you mentioned have been around first and so many and especially us too. as djs like yeah. bro we type in any one of those names and there's at least 10 records like, that we got like if if you're in an area if you're like you're going into dance hall you just type in sean paul and and you can kill them with the old stuff kill them with the new stuff like there's so many different angles same thing with little john you know you can do the old stuff the, the newer stuff and you know it's they it's, have a very distinctive way to do things but and but they know how why are they doing them and um you know it just it just amazes me that i was able to work with those legends and actually i got along pretty well with er, 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 every one of them so it's crazy that's pretty dope. it's a good so, uh people to surround yourself with especially if you're trying to make music for a long time right yeah yeah that's 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 the it's like working with uh, Scorsese <laughs> <laughs> and Steven Spielberg. <laughs> you know, I mean, no jokes for me. It is. Yeah, no, it's it's the heavyweights. It's it's those are the guys that. As though I'm gonna. And it's like, because I always like to work with new 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 uh, kids or, or like people that's upcoming and and it's fun. But but whenever I work with them, I see why they made it that far because they always deliver stuff that hey, that's what I needed. Shit, okay, that's cool, man. That's. And they have a good like energy vibe on them too like they're and they are grown-ups and they've been they, through a lot of shit so they just got through the bullshit they yeah like, no you know what i mean they, straight to, straight to there's the, no need to like bro whatever like right don't bro me like <laughs> yeah. what what's what happened what what is that straight like? to work yeah and do you have any uh young up-and-coming producers or djs that you like mentor help or oh yeah we have a bunch of people uh franklin is one of them uh savvy is no longer a kid <laughs> he's, uh, he's made a name of himself so he's, he's good um so other people yeah franklin mainly is the one that we're, we're working right now he's uh, 23 years old so he's very young and he's from spain but obviously in la i still don't know a lot of people because i've been there for like three years this year it doesn't count because <laughs> yeah. nah. i haven't been out of the house even yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah. so but yeah, trying to meet people that also to start working with them and create um, always always create stuff that we think it's good and see if it sticks. How do you like living in LA versus Spain? I mean, it's two different animals. Uh, it's not fair to compare them because lifestyle Spain wins by a lot. Yeah. But business wise, LA just destroys Spain. Right. Right. Um, but like what do you want of life like what do you what do we are here for you're here to work to or work, to LA yeah. you're here to have fun yeah that's the good thing before the pandemic I was just like I'm gonna I need a break I'm going to Spain right or I need to work I'm in LA cool now right. it's just I'm I'm <laughs> I'm at my <laughs> bedroom yeah. locked in no matter what yeah but you're back and forth or you uh yeah because normally I, I do have a lot of gigs in Europe and every time I do I just spend a couple of days in Spain or whatever and you run your label out of LA. LA. No, I would never make a business in Spain. No, yeah. no, that's not a good. Why? It's not? not a good economy and not a good system. I feel like Spain somewhere where you go and you're like, just fuck, I'm gonna retire and. Chill. Yeah, if you do that, it's fine. Like a lot of people still like when now that I'm here and I follow a lot of American people, they're always complaining and especially the young ones. Yeah. Like, especially in LA, right? The American. <laughs> that's the you're like typical the American. Amer the young ones, they're like they're millennial uh, Americans. They're against even capitalism. Like, dude, you don't know. You don't know. Like, you have a great system. It's flawed. Right. But you have a, one of the greatest systems in the world. You're complaining with. Yeah, sometimes you're right. But try to do what you're doing in Spain. You know what I mean? Yeah. Then you. Then then we talk. And it's like because, and that's why a lot of immigrants still like are Republicans and and stuff because they hate what they had in their countries and right. and they do the pendulum they go for the uh, opposite yeah. which is you know you have to stay calm it's and see the, the it's like this yeah. the scar of like the ptsd of like thinking anything related to to, to that is, is going to be and obviously capitalism has its own whatever but it's a it's a better system than communism i think we can agree on that yeah. more or less but Everybody. a lot of these kids they, they never experienced it and they, they 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 just read about it yeah they never experienced it especially in 2020 it's just like oh let me find out what this is and fight for it just because yeah I yeah it's always like a good idea like hey yeah let's share whatever yeah until it hits that it's really not yeah no, i know but whatever that's another discussion <laughs> um when when dogame came out 
and things weren't going in that direction and like the tempo from when it came out to now do you feel that there's that the the scene is going more up tempo again yeah like and 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 where do you and where do you see it going you know like uh that was uh that was us trying to actually predict that last yeah. year um that the the dance scene especially in the latin side it had to go up in tempo because yeah. there was no more ideas in the down tempo right, like right. all the reggaeton hits have already been I've made been done yeah all the greatest ozuna records have already been made right. with all the respect to ozuna but i mean he can still make different ones but and make them better already, but he needs to change it's redundant. yeah it, it's and same same goes for me yeah. if i kept doing that i was like okay so i think there's no other choice but to go up and um another thing that made me see that is that the guaracha in colombia yeah. mm. it's 128 it's very latin housey and that's working really well uh even maluma did a uh a song with victor cardenas uh, mm. which is one of the guys that made by conmigo one of the biggest hits uh, of last year so and i saw this working in different countries in europe because when i when i go to europe sometimes i meet with labels that i had you know deals with and just sit down and i was explaining to them look um especially in, in romania for example because the guaracha and the romanian music have a lot in common i was like i was talking with one of the 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 president the president of one of the best labels in romania i was like look at this what's happening in, in colombia he was like what is this it sounds like romania um so the growth is there and um it's gonna be just from from here on it's gonna just go 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 and it's probably gonna be extending to uh the uh anglo part right. of it too because you know yeah yeah i'm i'm so we always talk about like the the cycles of music and you know 10 years ago 12 years ago you had pop of tempo you know when lady gaga and everything was hitting and you right know, when pit was hitting and 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 that's what was pop back then and you know now it seems like you know same thing lady gaga would rain on me and everything like that it's kind of going that way and then uh you know diplos put out a bunch of tempo songs that have crossed over to to the more of the pop side and dua lipa and stuff like that so it's definitely heading that way um are you guys trying to do like anything more like what's kind of what's next and and if it is it house base or what's like like where are you guys trying to go with it i think the way it's gonna go uh it's gonna be very housey yeah. because people even right now they cannot even you know be in a club and actually stand next to each other in a close range they need to be apart and that mindset is going to be around for like a couple of years yeah. so what's the music that makes you dance uh by yourself as house music you yeah. don't need to grind you don't need to you know grab someone and, and stay close to uh him or her yeah you just dance by yourself some so i think the music that can um catch the vibe of that and actually add some emotion because you you will need that especially because you're dancing by yourself you will need to experience more than just a beat and a, and a bass you need a melody you need something to connect with more yeah. intellectually than just a beat and i think that's the 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 music we're going to see more and more and more just vibey music with a house beat and it's going to keep getting harder 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 in like terms of you know uh, aggressiveness yeah. until a point where it just goes back to down again. tempo really it's always been like that yeah definitely like another cycle um we're we're uh this is 2008 2009 yeah right now yeah again right yeah, yeah. I, i i keep telling myself that the same thing i'm always like we're about to hit it's, it's about to be like that other cycle of, of tempo coming back around and it's gonna slowly burst you know and, and to me it was kind of when dua lipa started uh putting out a lot of songs and and us as djs so here in miami we don't like when the bubble bursted here in miami like edm was kind of like blacklisted like places were like like venues that we would play edm out from one day to another we're like no more edm we're playing rap and that's when reggaeton started to kind of like come up again so you slowly bring in those songs and 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 it was so negative like that you you i mean people hated it people just hated it because it was it brought so much uh, uh um 
back because it was it was the south beach mentality of standing outside a club am i gonna get in and then you go in and first of all you paid 40 bucks and then you're paying all this money to be in this like all of that in miami like burst so you have scenes like uh like in winwood and everything and more casual places came around so when the music was crashing and it was just rap all those places made a lot of money and with times reggaetons come back um it's 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 like you see it and then when Dua Lipa came around, it's like, all right, I haven't played pop music in a while. There's a lot of pop that does not get played in the club. We've been playing so much rap. And when Dua Lipa came around, it's like, all right, she's making these hit records. We can start bringing other older records back in that similar genre, that similar taste. So, you know, like, and that's the thing with Tocame, like when it, when I first heard it, I was like, all right, I can bring back, you know, like the Move Your Bodies, like those up-tempo Spanish songs, those up-tempo, uh, 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 bangers and, and it's it's it flows with everything. That, that yeah, now you want to hear this because you're just tired of the other stuff. That's uh, completely human behavior. Yeah. It's completely normal, and um, it's happened before. I remember when I started playing uh, at the club around 2000s. Um, it was the same. House music was kind of like uh, not gonna say banned, but yeah. it wasn't the best time for it. And then it just started to pick up, pick up, pick up, and then it just got more poppy. And then big artists started to came in. And um and and uh, the EDM was just a brief moment, but the problem with the EDM is that it's so aggressive that if you don't experience it in a festival, yeah, in a club setting, translate. it's always gonna be. If you like play one or two, it's fine, but if you play like an hour of this, yeah. the girls cannot really dance because it's just. I always say EDM is in my head is like a bunch of shirtless guys, <laughs> just just mosh pitting, which it has its own yeah. market but just not for a club setting. Yeah. Uh, that's why so many festivals, if you go to Ultra Music Miami next year, the music that's played there, it's from five years ago. Yeah. yeah. They haven't evolved. It's so crazy. And I always like, like whenever I'm looking, so so we don't, we DJ in a lot of the venues that I was saying, like in Wynwood and, and there, people just want to hear good music, everything open format, like as open as you can get. And, and, and like when you're out in these venues, People want to hear like the good, the good stuff. Like people want to hear good music. You know, they don't want to hear just just those EDM songs. And 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 there's so little that we play that we only like when we go up tempo and we play those songs. Like we play like I mean it's not even EDM. Like we found love and like the classic. Yeah. And we'll dip into we'll dip into uh, Pursuit of Happiness, like Aoki remix, like stuff like that. But that's it. People don't want to hear that. Like it's it's they're like so scarred and 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 and. and it's, it's, no, it's, you're completely right. And I think that the open format DJ is the best DJ there is uh, in terms of, you know, skills and also vision. But there's one thing that the, the open format DJ needs to upgrade. And I think the first one that does it or the first ones that do it, they're going to be fucking big. And it's as simple as just branding it correctly. Because a lot of open DJs, they, do, they don't give credit to themselves. They right. just play the music but there's no brand or 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 they come from the, the radio station wall and they're like playing with no attitude i mean the first one that actually has a brand and makes it right you know dresses correctly and engages with the people and everything and plays a bunch of you know there, there's there's some of them like dj buys or other people that you know a track that can play or perform it and have a, a a real good brand right but i'm saying there's there need to be more and when this happens, the whole scene of open format DJs could be as big as EDM was, or even bigger because we have more venues. Yeah. And um, I think I think this is something that needs to be done. And like your podcast or a website like DJ City or this kind of um, websites that websites that educate a little bit the the, the open format DJ. I, I think those are crucial yeah. to get this started. And uh, even like even internationally. You will you will start to see like a lot of these DJs going different places because of the brand and how good they play and the music that they play and if they can actually put in some original productions, yeah. they don't need to be crazy but just original productions. That's gonna be a whole new system. Yeah, hopefully that cycle right. comes yeah. back around because I mean there was full. a time where the open format DJ was like the rock star, but then the EDM thing kind of like took that that out. light that yeah. was about to, and then you know AM passed and all that. But 
they, we were like on that trajectory, and then it was a whole. Yeah, like stepped over us, and then, and then DDM, we had to DDM like come has back the, out. Has the effects, <laughs> and has the the good looking guys yeah. and all that bullshit that the open format never had. And it was um, also, I think you're right. And it has to do like with us or not us, but like open format DJs kind of being like, nah, it's not us. Yeah. Like we don't do that. Yeah, like, because we, the open format yeah. guy is always like, like the mentality of the open format guy is like, I'm gonna, I'm, it's about the music. It's about partying. Like who cares what I look like? It's it's about like what I'm doing as, as an artist and I'm pushing up. Like it's never really been like, all right, I gotta like focus on. And, and in EDM, they were literally building these artists like yeah. they were making these guys like their Bomber image jacket, and everything long yeah. tee <laughs> yeah like it was it was the look you know like like it's so crazy that you know they were they were, they were being grown you know they're all plants but i think that's the that's the way like the open format need yeah. to be like branded branded, branded yeah. as a word it needs to be branded yeah like i think you're right like as a whole not just from within but like like you said like all these kind of outside sources helping like yo this is like check this out like you guys are missing out on these open format djs not just us being like yo like look at us like we're dope because i, I mean, think maybe that helps. even the name like open format is very technical yeah they come up with the edm you know some kind of like yeah. that's true glow up so people open format doesn't sound sexy yeah. at all open format is like oh, which like, i kind of people think it's like a like a legal name like, yeah like, yeah it kind of like gives a terminology a, like you know? a negative connotation like oh open format like you're just a technical like you're, you're like a, a factory worker right. kind of thing not like oh i'm a technician edm like what does edm yeah, stand I, for i mean there's a i love open format digits because they they know how to play and you probably have a good time in the club if an open format is playing that actually uh an edm do it so i don't know maybe maybe after this is all all happened and we're back to the clubs because the clubs are going to be the backbone yeah. the clubs going to be the place because it's it's not that big you know what i mean and and so we have open format superstar djs starting to you know tour the country have legions of fans so when you go to new york you have a line at the door just to see you play right you know what i mean because you're you have a brand and people know that's going to be sick you know what i mean because a lot of people when they see edm DJs, they don't even know what they're playing and they just go there because they see the name is fine it's going to be people there yeah well, i mean that's go. how it's funny because that's how it that's how it used to be back in the day with tiesto people would just be like tiesto like people just knew the name and then you'd be like yo what's one tiesto song and people would be like uh tiesto is the best house techno dj ever and you're like it was always that name of tiesto like it, and they, they couldn't even say like anything you know but it was it was the name yeah i know but that that's normal i mean you cannot blame people because they have a lot of uh i mean it's like they don't need to know no no, no. i'm they saying the power to... but i'm saying the power yeah. of, of of those djs of, of being that name you know it was it's all branding it, branding, it was yeah. all like the name so so i think that's the next step and i think we will see it yeah, and I think also, I mean, unfortunately, with our, the situation going on now, I feel like the open format DJ kind of is going to be the f the front line, mm -hmm. at least in the beginning, because there's not going to be big shows per se, and there's not going to be like mega clubs operating with like, you know, social distancing, you know, until the future. So those small mm -hmm. venues and those open format DJs that can like read the room and like keep people in and, you know, curate the vibe are going to be important. I mean, the, the golden... I might be wrong on that, but the golden era of the festivals, I think we already had we, we already had it. Yeah, yeah. Like it was a golden era back in the late seventies, early eighties, and then you know it just died out again. And and now it was this this golden era of you know super big festivals. And um, I don't know what's gonna happen, but one thing I know for sure, there's nothing that lasts forever. Nothing, not the brand, not the product that's on top for ever, ever, ever uh, all the time. So. I'm, I'm my guess is that this coronavirus like with all that the bullshit that has created one of the possible consequences that you know people would be like not that eager to go to a, a festival as, especially if you, they never experienced it before because that's yeah. what they're gonna happen like a lot of these people that were going to go to festivals they're not you know what i mean and a lot of like mid-sized festivals that are not life nation they're gonna just disappear because it's impossible Mm -hmm. it's gonna be like a complete reset across the board i think it, yeah it is i so, mean coachella's still gonna be there and the super yeah big like ones. the lollapalooza like the the 
No, but definitely. I mean, how many other? I mean, you you DJ a lot of them, but how many random festivals in the middle of nowhere? And all these random, you know, it, it's it used to be that somebody from San Antonio would drive to Dallas, you know, for EDC like once a year. Now it's like in San Antonio they have their own little four four mini festivals. So it's just go to Twitch, yeah, for a festival now. Yeah. It's just no, it's it's a changing behavior. I mean, yeah. it's difficult to predict. It's difficult to see what. Obviously, and and what's gonna happen first? It's the first first months after this is all over. We're gonna think that we're back on where we were, but that's gonna just be momentarily because it's just people had been locked down for so many right. days and years that it's gonna be. But then we will see the real consequences. Yeah, they're gonna get it out of their system, yeah. and then we're gonna see. Yeah. But yeah, man. I mean, is there anything else you wanted to? Plug talk. It's like not asking you. Oh, but, <laughs> <laughs> no, just talk about everything. Well, well, let's ask you some Miami questions. Okay, we do have to keep in Miami. Uh, I mean, you, you know, I, I, I want to know what's your most memorable Miami. I know you've been here for WMCs and and probably some crazy stuff. You have any like memorable stories or like first time you played at you know whatever you have about Miami that's like uh like a like an achievement that you feel or 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 you know whatever whatever you want <laughs> i think one of my first gigs i played here i don't remember the name of i don't know if it was mecca or something like mecca. that Ooh. that's a good one paul you're <laughs> right there the resident so i did, uh, so i remember correctly right yeah so that was mecca okay the big five room it was yeah it was like a huge warehouse it looked like a, like a haunted yeah. house like a <laughs> yeah. yeah like like that was my first gig here i always remember it uh it was crazy man like the energy and everything was was amazing that's crazy i had a great time that, and that was like shit i made i made love this city that then was I wmc did, uh, no that was prior to that that was one of my that's that's that that is one of the times where i was like miami and then maybe china i don't know oh, <laughs> you wow. know what i mean the routing was here off. for 12 hours and then because <laughs> i was like and and i was going to clubs in, in the clubs where i wasn't having any fun like i would be in germany in a club that I was playing there and I was like, shit, that's, that's like being in a factory. Like, I don't like this job. Right. It sucks. You know what I mean? I'm not having fun. People are like, whatever. But then you come to Miami and play at Mecca. I'm like, shit, these people really like that. You know what I mean? So little by little, I was seeing what's my audience like or what's the product that I'm, that I'm good at. And Mecca was one of the first places I experienced like the, what it is to feel like a superstar DJ. That's and so I, funny. Mecca's like, I never, I went there one time. But that's like that was like a venue where like a lot of our friends came up and 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 in that scene I was like they were young and and that room was dope because it was like you'd be they it wasn't really done like well it had been done in in other clubs but since it was so big like you go and there's a house room then you walk in and there's like the hip hop room then there's a Spanish room but like you could switch in between rooms the whole night or yeah, go to like yeah, six yeah. I have a blurred memory but yeah I do remember I had a great time. Did you go to like space or anything after? Uh, yeah, so I played the same the, block. No, 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 not that night. But uh, yeah, the, I went to uh, the other venues here um, later on in my, the winter conferences. What I never played is Ultra Miami, but I, I mean that's because I always, I, I never like actually pursued the EDM movement. I was more comfortable like playing like pool parties or whatever so i never was like yeah i need to play ultra so i never i never did i mean i think sure it worked yeah. out i think you're doing good without it yeah i mean it's a lot of djs they have this super ego ego not ego it's like, like a stripe it's not like ego like it's a, it's a goal to yeah, play at those yeah. festivals but it was never my, my case i always thought the festivals are like more a place to showcase your, your music which is good for the fans mm -hmm. but i can do that every day it any other place so what's the what's the real point to experience a festival yeah i mean i already experienced festivals so i mean i don't know it's just me i'm i'm a i'm a weird guy on that sense or weird dj because most of DJs they really love festivals but i think also like sticking to your sound and your shows i mean pe the people that go to see you want to hear your set i want to hear what you play so whereas in like a festival you might kind of get lost in the sauce of like all these huge lineups and then like who's gonna go see you who's gonna remember you who the timing the stages like all that yeah it's what i say all the time to my friends that they go and play these art cards and all that like why, why are they doing like yeah 
just might as well just go as a as a you know to have fun why do right. you want to play in a car that's moving <laughs> <laughs> i mean you played one of the best clubs whatever why you downgrade yourself just to be on on the flyer it's no it's like there's like two thousand names on this flyer yeah. nobody knows but it's uh, people want to have that stripe of saying they yeah. played at ultra and, and the funny thing is many people think that actually i do play festivals yeah. and it's like wow i love you i love your side at ultra i'm like yeah cool sure <laughs> you know what i mean because you killed in an ultra 2012 whatever like you know that's what I mean? funny we know someone that played like, like the, <laughs> they put it that they played ultra but yeah. they play like next uh, to the bathroom no thing. no like uh oh man it was like the merch yeah section it was or next to the bathroom it was yeah. like it was like the the concession it was but, he played in like the concession area but the best part is that they, they made an entire he made a video he made like a recap video Shit. and it's like <laughs> him djing like up close and then it's like obviously other stages and it's like the oh, lights yeah. and everything and then like him up close and then like, I like, like you gotta give him credit though he made he like, made it work made you know? that shit happen if you knew you'd see like people walking by <laughs> going to the bathroom like you know like, i i never understand this like why is like it's a it's a personal goal yours but it's, yeah i think it's hurting your brand yeah. i mean like when when you make a real achievement like i don't know this year i played uh the grand boston which is a club that's you know yeah. well renowned, um, and and it's something you can be proud of. But if I played stage six uh, of, we, I say ultra, where I can say any festival, yeah. stage six uh, at the at uh, opening at, act at noon, yeah, at, at noon, noon when yeah. the people are coming, the CDJs overheat. You know? <laughs> <laughs> How is that an achievement? They just yeah. have you there because they need someone, yeah. uh, and you happen to be there. like that's not an achievement at all. It's just I don't think that the that, that should be in your resume and, and then you and and the the point of that is like there's there's more like there's one one thing i like to say like there's more djs that play at tomorrowland every day every year than djs that don't play tomorrowland because <laughs> <laughs> they have three of two weekends and they have like five thousand djs right. playing how is that exclusive yeah if you play main stage tomorrowland okay now we're talking and that's something that right holy shit, you know what i mean that must mean that you either are in a good position in the industry you have fans or whatever but you made something happen you've, you've done it yeah. but if you if you play that you know your friend's stage at the moral line it's just it's yeah. and you pay for your tickets like, i i appreciate the hassle if it leads to something else if not right. it just stay yeah, home. If, you, if it's an investment you know yeah. obviously for your brand or whatever but. but if you just go there to say you've been there just just say you've been there yeah i <laughs> know i mean you don't need to yeah. go you could just buy a ticket and say you you were at ultra festival put it on your epk that's it yeah but yeah man i mean uh where can they find your your stuff your social media your new song all that stuff everything is at sac noel uh s-a-k-n-o-e-l all together or slash sac noel so and we can stream the tocame on spotify and we can stream it on spotify on youtube um now if they they shazam the song there's like an exclusive video that they can see oh, about, about the song uh and um yeah i mean uh, it's very easy to find well oh. there's a lot of tokames right now i think like right. since we made tokame there's like four or five songs that are called tokame, tokame too. but just it just it just happened i mean no one yeah. is copying anyone it's just right, right but make sure it's the sagnoel sabi frank and and, and, and it's it. with uh mad decent and partnership with dj city correct yeah, the barnaton which is our label dj city and mad decent awesome uh, so it's a good assemble We'll let you go on that, and uh, thank you for stopping Sorry. by, bro. Appreciate it, man. Appreciate yes, thank it. Thank you, guys. I had a lot of fun, and uh, having having mansion flashbacks of Boca <laughs> people just blasting out of function. I might have a video yeah. of like me playing that song somewhere I mean, there on, has a, to on be, a GoPro there or has something to be somewhere. But yeah, I miss play play live, man. It's just soon. My, my, soon. My, last, my last show was precisely a festival, but, yeah. <laughs> but you went out with a bang. But man, I I just wait i can't wait to actually play it i haven't played a club this year because yeah. uh, i was in peru earlier this year i was a festival and then a festival festival but i want to so you had like zero shows in 2020 zero shows in a club yeah. this year well we'll see we'll see 2021 right looking good all right semi radio and we out peace peace bye